Praise God. It's good to know that God's always in control. I want to preach a message entitled, Be Happy. Be Happy. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Got your Bibles. With everything going on, I believe God wants His people to be happy. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Our verse begins with, blessed are they. The word blessed means happy. Happy are they. Happy is who? Those who are poor in spirit. Ever met folks who are not happy with whom they are? They're constantly trying to be something they are not. Now, this could be for self-game. Some folks are one way with the boss, a very different way with their wives or family. Super nice to the boss, mean-spirited to their wives. Some children are the one way with their teachers in a very different way with their parents. It would seem that some folks would like to pay more honor to a stranger than those who watch over them, care for them, or love them. Their hunger to feel accepted or the need to feel important drives them to be something they're really not. Some of us know this as a two-faced or as a hypocrite. So when we see folks who are constantly wearing different masks, perhaps they are doing that because they feel insecure. Sometimes they're constantly seeking the approval of others. Now, on a different note, ever heard uh, a loved one complain, for example, about their thighs? Some, they'll say something like, oh, I wish I had such and such figure. I wish I had a little less here, a little more there. What this person doesn't understand is that God believes they're perfect. This is how God chose to make them. So Jesus is communicating a message for us today. He says, blessed is he, blessed is she, who simply is whom God wants them to be. If God wanted you to look different, he would have made you different. Ladies, if God wanted you to be Miss Universe, he would have made you a Miss Universe. So why compare yourself to someone you see in a magazine or a show when God made you as you are? Man, if God wanted you to treat your wife as your maid, he would have made her from the sole of your foot. Instead, he made her from the side of your rib. She's not your pet. She's not someone you can put on a leash and make her go wherever you want her to go. God made her with her own identity so that she can be herself. Now, you may be surprised if you start treating your wife the way you treat your boss and see what would happen.
Now, I want to clarify some things today. When I speak of being whom you are, I'm not speaking about attitudes or character. I'm not saying if you're rebellious, keep being rebellious. If you're angry, continue being an angry person. If you're lazy, continue being slothful. If you're bitter or weak in character, to continue being bitter and weak in character. So those are the things that God desires to change in us. So as believers, we're called to be more and more or become more and more into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, as we continue to walk with God. So when I speak of being happy with whom we are, I'm speaking of our physical appearance, our personality. This is how God made you and I, and it would do us some good to accept that. Some of us worry about how tall or how short we may be. Some women worry about how if they're pretty or not. If someone wanted to start a business, I would say, if you got a good head on your shoulder, go for it. Because the idea, if the idea came from heaven, then, and if it's not going to get in the way of what God wants to do in your life, it's a good thing. You should walk in confidence. Now, we're all different. We all like, some of us like sports, some of us like fishing, some of us like shopping, others they enjoy reading, some of us are energetic, others we're more laid back. Being who you are then is important because this is how God made you. See, some folks are very structured and organized. They enjoy getting up at the crack of dawn and do the same things each and every morning. Some folks, they go to a restaurant. They like to order the same things over and over again. Others, they like variety. Some folks, they're outgoing. Their others are a little shy. Some folks love to walk and talk. Others, they hate silence. Some are adventurous and daring. This is how God made us. So for the husband, I would say, don't try to mold your wife into your image. Don't try to mold her into what you want her to be. To the wife, I would say, don't try to mold your husband the way you want him to be. Instead, allow him whom God meant for him to be. You see, we're all unique. And if we each and, and every one of us would accept each other for whom we are, we'll be able to enjoy our differences. I can tell you some of the differences between my wife and I. I can only speak for as long as I feel there's a subject that has substance or importance. When that no longer exists, I become quiet and I wait for another subject to be brought up. I can wait patiently. But if... The silence becomes a bit too long. Then I consider our time together to be over. My wife, on the other hand, she does not like silence. She can speak about just anything, bring up all sorts of conversations like magic, bringing one topic right after another. See, God made us different. And many years ago, I made a decision to never try to mold her or change her. If there was any changing to be done, it would be because God made those changes. I'm simply called to be there for her, to be a pillar, a support. And as the years gone by, I realized I can't be without her. 
my life will not be the same. Because apart from Jesus, she completes me. This is how God made us. I want to speak about appreciating one another. As believers, we're not called to place each other in a little box. We're called to appreciate one another because of our uniqueness. And I believe we can all learn from one another. I spend time with converts, and we love to speak about different things. And all of a sudden, they all say something, and it will give me a new, fresh perspective about a certain issue. So I say, thank you. I believe I learned something new today. When my children were growing up, they had those moments when they would throw a little pearl my way. And I will be, wow, praise God. God even uses children to teach grown-ups a thing or two. Now, with that said, I want to bring a balance. Because we also need to be careful that we're not picking little things here and there that are not biblical. Just because something sounds good, it doesn't make it right. See, some of the things are going to be things that give us perspective, a fresh perspective, something that we knew already, but it gives us a new insight about things. And an example of that can be a recipe. You know how to make a certain dish, but when you add a new spice, it brings that meal to a different level. You see, I've always told my children when they were growing up, I'm open to your suggestions. I'm open to new ideas. But as your father, I will always have the last say-so. And from time to time, they had something to say that was incredibly amazing. Other times, I would, speak, I would be speaking to my wife. And she would speak words of wisdom, and I was able to recognize it and apply it to my life. Other times, she would offer an idea, and I would simply say, you know, I really appreciate that. But I feel that I need to go in a different direction. I need to move a different way. And then if after praying about it, if God still placed it in my heart to do that, I went back and I says, you know, what you said was from God. We're going to go ahead and apply those things in this. We're going to go in this direction. We're going to apply those things into our lives. You see, I'm always open to new ideas. If I sense those ideas are going to help or promote the kingdom of God. If not, we simply put them on the shelf. And while I'm open to suggestions, I'm also aware that I am ultimately responsible. The buck stops here, in other words. I'm responsible for the decisions that I make. I remember a time when I was evangelized and as a young man, and someone came up to me and said, that was a great message. Oh, how I wish you were my pastor instead of my pastor. And my reply was, no, you really don't. Because after a while, you're going to feel the same way about me the way you feel about your pastor. You see, it's natural for people to want to mold others into the people they want them to be. When I was pioneer and I had a group of members come up and ask, since the church consists mostly of Hispanics, we should just become a Spanish church. For a split moment, their suggestion sounded good. You see, I'm a better preacher in my own language. But then I quickly realized that to do that would to be to limit the church in whom we're able to reach. 
So I reply, what about your non-Spanish brothers and sisters in the church? And the reply was, well, they can learn Spanish or they can just find themselves another church. And in that moment, I realized that that was not of God. So I smiled and I said, God has called us to reach the entire world, not just our own race. You see, it doesn't matter whom we are. We're constantly trying to mold others because we want them to be just like us. So instead of trying to encourage others to be like Jesus, we want them to be like us. So this evening I'm speaking, this morning I'm speaking about whom God meant for us to be, beloved. I'm speaking to those who may have a calling of God in their lives. If they're going to fulfill that calling, they need to become whom God wants them to be. A husband, for example, he would be wise to allow his wife to be whom God called her to be. A wife would be wise to allow her husband to be whom God called her to be, him to be. You see, the reason many people are so discontented with their lives is because they're always constantly trying and seeking ways to be something they're not. You could be going to work, for example. You're happy. You're singing your favorite song. Then you reach the parking lot. You look out the window and you see a co-worker driving up in a new, brand new vehicle. And in your mind, you're like, I need to buy me a new car. Instead of driving this beat-up old five-year-old car. One day you could be walking with your husband. You're both holding hands. You're happy. But all of a sudden you run into an old friend. She's being escorted by a handsome, well-built man. Then you turn around and you look at your husband. And now all of a sudden you become dissatisfied. As silly as this may sound, this is how many people are. We're constantly comparing ourselves to one another. We compare our talents. We compare our church to the other. We compare our education to someone else's. And little by little, we stop having the joy we once had. You see, God's never called you to be something else. He never called you to be someone else. He called you to be you. God never called you to run someone else's race. He called you to run your own race. Let me give you another example. I remember before I began to pioneer my first congregation, I was speaking to a man of God. And he says, you know, if you want revival, you're going to have to start getting up at four in the morning and praying until the sun comes up. A few weeks later, I went to Mexico and I was doing a revival for another pastor friend. And he says, you know, I get up at five in the morning and I pray for a couple of hours before I start my day. And I feel that this, this is the reason why God has given me revival. Now, all of a sudden, I start thinking, what am I doing wrong? I start feeling guilty because I was only praying for one hour each morning. So before I went to bed that night, 
I began to say, God, what am I doing wrong? And I prayed again and again and again, seeking for some sort of direction. The next day, I got up in the morning, I prayed, and then I went to work. When I came back from work, my wife says, Honey, after you went to work, I felt God all day. See, that for me was a confirmation that God was very happy with me. He was happy with my prayer life. <clears throat> you see, God made me realize that he called me to run my own race, not someone else's race. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5 says, Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed to test the test of genuine faith. You see, God's called us to be something but if we're trying to be something else, we're never going to be content. But if we're doing what he's called us to be, and we're obeying his word, and we're doing as he asked, we're going to be happy. We're not going to be stressed. We're not going to live under condemnation. We're going to be able to enjoy a relationship with God to its fullest. And because... Just as, as important that you are whom you, God called you to be, it's also important that you allow God to change you. And also that you seek godly counsel. You see, the Bible says that there's safety in the multitude of counsels. Now, let me explain what a multitude means and what it doesn't mean. Seeking counsel everywhere and with whomever is not what the Bible is speaking about. It doesn't mean we seek counsel here and there until we get the answer we are looking for. A multitude of counselors is referring to those who have hardship. And as we go through life, we become victorious. It is those who've gone through hardship and have endured and overcome. Those are what God refers as to a multitude of counselors. They've gone through a series of trials, and they're still going strong. But see, sometimes I see folks who run to counsel, but they run to people who can't even run their own lives. It's like a newly wed bride who goes to seek counsel of someone who's been divorced five times and saying, because this person has lots of experience, I can learn from that person. But see, that's contrary to what God is saying to us. It's important whom we get our counsel from. I see, for example, parents who want to live their own dreams through their children, who get them involved in all kinds of things because they wish they were involved in those things when they were children. Maybe you want to ask them, what is your dream, mijo, mija? I've always attempted to point the children in the right direction, but I've always allowed them to make their own decisions. You see, as parents, our duty is to simply 
point them in the right direction, offer them good advice, offer them godly counsel. Our duty is to point out their talents, their abilities, to bring out the gift that is at work in their lives, to facilitate, to sharpen their ideas. Things like how important it is to be on time, about priorities, about keeping commitments. So the goal of a parent then is not to live our dreams through them, but to get them to be the best they're able to be by telling them their hard work is always going to pay off and that hard work is going to open doors and opportunities. I've always taught my children to never refuse a wise rebuke, to never despise correction or godly direction. I taught them not to be lazy because one who's lazy in time will find many doors closed to them. You see, someone who despises correction is going to find themselves in hard places. So what God is saying to you and I is, if you want to be happy, be who I'm called you, who I'm calling you to be. Be who I'm calling you to be. Someone who stays true to God's word in time becomes content. In time becomes happy. Why? Because while they're allowing God to change their character, while they're allowing God to change their hearts, as they allow God to shape them more and more into the image of God, at the same time, they're allowing God to show them who they are, and then they're able to be whom they're called to be. Not what they want to be because of someone else, but whom they were meant to be. I wonder if I can have every head bow and every eye close. I want to take a moment to speak to the unsafe. Unhappiness is the mark of a person who's alienated themselves from God. You see, living without God causes us to have a void in our hearts. Causes us to feel alone, to feel empty, to feel unsatisfied. Many years ago, the Rolling Stones, they came up with a song and they nailed it right in the head. The title of their song was, I Can't Find No Satisfaction. See, that was a cry from someone who had it all, yet was very empty inside. A man who had chosen to fill his life with all that life had to offer, but failed to seek the one and only who is able to give us true happiness. And true happiness only comes when we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger and will never thirst. If someone comes to Christ 
and truly surrenders, truly allows God to enter their lives, and they make the necessary changes so that they can become whom God meant them to be. That person has the potential and the ability to become happy. But those who reject God will never be able to be happy. If you want to get in touch with us, please reach out to us at Remnant Christian Church, Yuma.com. You can also contact us on Facebook, on Instagram, on other means. I want to speak to God's people. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He's not talking about those who live in poverty. He's talking about those who are humble. Those who are open to receive from God. When we're open to receive from God, instead of trying to be something we're not, we allow His Spirit to begin to change us and mold us into the people we were meant to be. And in doing so, God is able to open our understanding so that we can see the good qualities that He's given us. So that as we're going through life, we're able to enjoy not only life, we're able to enjoy our families, we're able to enjoy our friends, we're able to enjoy our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're able to enjoy the blessings that He's given us. Instead of wanting to be what we're not, we simply become whom God meant for us to be. He begins to remove all the insecurities in our lives. He begins to bring clarity. He begins to transform our lives day by day. There's things we love and, and enjoy doing, and those things are wonderful. Those things are fine. But it's when we start longing to be something we're not. And we try to become pleasers of man instead of pleasers of God. That's when we start running into trouble. Secondly, we have to learn to appreciate one another. I believe we all can learn something from one another. I'm always open to new and fresh ideas. As long as those ideas are benefiting the kingdom of God, as long as those things are lining up with what the Word of God has to say. But I also understand that I'm ultimately responsible for the decisions that I make. Some of you women need to learn to appreciate your husbands. Some of you men need to learn to appreciate your wives. Mother's Day is coming up. Have you thought about what you're going to do for your wife? It doesn't have to be something big. It can be something small. As long as she knows it's coming from the heart, it will mean a lot to her. See, many times we can fall under condemnation, even if we're not living sinful lives. 
like what I share. It had to do with prayer. But after speaking to two friends of mine, I started feeling that I wasn't doing enough. But I was able to do the right thing. I went before God. And God was able to confirm it. Sometimes the best thing you can do is go before God. When something is not clear to you. When you need confirmation. At the same time, we have to learn to go and seek godly counsel. We shouldn't seek the counsel of just anyone. Nor should we go to someone just because they're popular. But the question is, are they living godly lives? Can they handle their own lives? Have they succeeded? Have they overcome the trials of life? Because that's what it truly means to be seeking counsel. Godly counsel. As parents, we're called to point our children in the right direction. We're not called to live our dreams through them. We're simply called to teach them, to point them in the right direction, and then pray for them so that God is able to move in their lives and they're able to see what you're trying to impart in them. And they're able to catch the vision you're trying to place into their lives so that they can become what God also meant for them to be. God bless.